Hey boys and girls, welcome to the best podcast in the history of mankind. It's Monty's Rockcast. And now here's your host, Monty Calvin. Hey, 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 it's Monty. Welcome to the Rockcast. Hey, hey, hey. So glad you could join me for episode 219. I hope your day is going well thus far. And believe me, it just got better. I've got a lot of things to cover on today's show, including uh, some Galactic Cowboy news. But first, uh, I'm going to do some listener email. And I've got one here from James Nelson who says, Hey, Monty, how's it going? That is a very good question. Well, thanks for asking, James. Uh, I guess it's all right. Lindsay and I managed to get through her daughter's uh, high school graduation. And, you know, when I graduated, uh, I just don't remember it being that big of a deal. It was held in a high school gymnasium. My parents came to see me walk down and get my diploma, and that was it. There were no tears, there wasn't a lot of hoopla, and afterwards I think we just went home and uh, had lunch. But my stepdaughter's graduation, oh my god, uh, that was a big, huge event. First of all, there were grandparents and great-grandparents... There was uncles and aunts and all kinds of people just filling our house. And everybody was giving presents and taking pictures. And then we had to drive all the way downtown to an arena. Because there was like over 400 kids in this graduating class. And the name of the place was Municipal Auditorium. And it was actually the place where I saw two of my first concerts. And before the ceremony started, I was uh, telling my daughter Zoe, who was also there, that I saw Kansas and Rush in that very place. And she acted like she thought that was pretty cool, but uh, then I had to kind of explain to her who Kansas and Rush were. I have no idea. But it finally got started, and they started introducing all the kids who had a 4.0 grade average. And it seemed like there was about 200 of them, which kind of surprised me. Because I'll be honest, uh, most of the teenagers that I've met over the last several years uh, don't really seem that smart. The majority of them seem like they have no communication skills and uh, they are void of personality. Dumbasses. But uh, they finally get down to the last girl and she's the valedictorian and she's going to give a speech. And that went on for about 15 or 20 minutes, and I kid you not, she ended up by quoting the rapper Drake. And the last thing she said to her graduating class was, Stay lit. And that's when a chill went up my spine. And I realized that these kids are probably going to be voting in the next election. God help us all! Yeah, it's a terrifying thought. I'm more scared than ever, ladies and gentlemen. I'm more scared than ever. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh yeah, I hope all you dads had a good Father's Day. Mine was pretty good, and I kind of like Father's Day because I don't have to do anything. It's the one special occasion in the year when I don't have to buy a card or, uh, buy presents or nothing. Unfortunately, my kids kind of feel that way about Father's Day also because they don't get me anything. Don't! However, this year, I was lucky enough to have two out of the three of them uh, actually wish me Happy Father's Day. 
One of them totally blew it off and didn't say anything. One of them sent me a text at about 10 o'clock at night. And one of them made me a homemade card, and that was the 12-year-old Draven. And I gotta read you this card because it was really cool. He says, Happy Father's Day. I'm very thankful that you can deal with my obsession over my video games. And I am thankful that you are my dad. I love you. How precious is that? P.S. Thanks for taking me to Wendy's a couple weeks ago and buying me a Frosty. (laughs) So Draven is not only a top 10 champion, he's a really sweet kid, and I'm proud to call him my son. Yeah, and it doesn't make it any less sickening. So that was Father's Day, and let's see, what else has been going on? Uh, Oh yeah, I've been watching some TV. Shocking. Yeah, well, first of all, I watch a lot of sports. And I was really happy that the Toronto Raptors beat the Golden State Warriors to win the World Championship of Basketball. And the reason why I rooted for Toronto was because of Kawhi Leonard. I love that guy, and not just because he's a great player, but because he is the antithesis of LeBron James and all those other a-holes in the NBA. He doesn't pound his chest and say, look at me, every time he scores a basket. He just goes out and gets it done, and he's humble, and uh, I really respect that. I wish there was more players like him, but uh, unfortunately, most of them are just egotistical bastards. What's wrong with that? Now, something else that I've been watching lately that I really regret is uh, MTV. What? Yeah, did you know that channel's still around? They no longer play music or videos or anything like that, but uh, I couldn't help uh, resist watching the other day. And oh my God, was I ever appalled. They got this one tattoo show that's hosted by Snooki, so right away you know it's going to be demented and horrible. But the premise is uh, that these two friends come in and they design a tattoo for the other one. And they agree to have something disgusting tattooed on their body that will be there for the rest of their lives. And I sat there and I thought, I can't believe this. This is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my life. Why would anybody agree to do this? And then I uh, proceeded to tape two or three more episodes of it. You're sick. Another show on MTV that kind of fascinates me is Catfish. And that's where some loser is on Facebook, and he falls in love with some really, really hot chick. Only problem is, is that he's never met her until MTV steps in and arranges it. Of course, sadly, uh, Joe Blow finds out that his hot chick dream girl is not uh, anything like her picture. And when he sees that she's really not that attractive at all, in fact, she's grotesquely overweight... Surprisingly, he decides that uh, maybe he's not really that in love with her. No! Yeah, so if you don't want to get catfished, here's the deal, guys. If you, let's say, uh, work at Walmart and you haven't had a date in a few years and, uh, you know, you're pushing 40 or maybe you're even in your 50s and you suddenly get a friend's request from a hot Latin chick that's uh, in her early 20s and all of her pictures look like she's either a model or she does porn, chances are this is fake. And before she gets around to asking you for money, uh, you might just ask yourself, why would anybody like this be interested in me? That's a brilliant point, is it not? Another show that I watch on MTV that I find it really hard to watch is called Ridiculousness. 
It's another one of those video shows, but on this one, it focuses mainly on drunk people and skateboarders getting seriously injured. And of course, as you know, there's nothing funnier than somebody splitting their skull open on some asphalt. But believe it or not, the reason why I find this show hard to watch is because there's a hot chick on there who has one of the most annoying laughs ever. I mean, it literally sounds like there is a pool full of dolphins that they've kept there in the studio, and it drives me insane. But, you know, if you like watching people get seriously hurt, uh, you know, you might want to check it out. Uh, Just watch it with the sound off. (laughs) Now, something else that I've been doing here lately is listening to the Scorpions. And yes, I'm as sick of rock you like a hurricane as you are. But that's not what I'm talking about. You see, I discovered the Scorpions back in the 70s. I was in college, and I went and bought the Love Drive album, and I loved it. And after that, I decided to go back and find some of their older stuff, and uh, I like that too. And so recently, I was listening to their double live Tokyo Tapes album, and I love that now. album is of course Yuli Roth and as I understand it he left the band shortly after they made this album but the guitar playing on here is just brilliant and uh, I love that old scorpion stuff
So that's the Scorpions, and that's some stuff I've been listening to here lately. But I also went and got a pedicure the other day. What are you, gay? Yeah, yeah, hear me out on this. Uh, I put this off as long as I could. My wife's been trying to get me to do this for a long time. And every time I'd go, no, I'm not getting a pedicure. Guys should not do that. And she'd say, you know, you don't have to get your toes painted. You can just get them massaged. And I was like, no, you know, I don't want any strange women touching my feet. Uh, The only strange woman I want touching my feet is you. And then she'd go, well, you know, uh, I think you'd really like it. And I'd go, you know, uh, maybe someday. And so the other day I finally gave in and I said, all right, I'll go. And she goes, well, I'm not going to make you. You don't have to. And I'm like, no, it's all right, I'll go. And so we get in there, and this Asian woman comes over and puts my feet into this hot tub of water. And I'm like, well, that's pretty nice. And then she turns on this massage chair, and it starts rolling up and down my back. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's awesome. And she rubs my feet and puts hot towels on them and all this. And to make a long story short, by the end, I was like, oh, this is heaven. I want to buy one of these massage chairs for our house, and I want to come back here as much as possible. And Lindsay was like, yeah, I told you. And so I've come around on the whole pedicure thing, and I got to say, I would suggest it. If you're a dude and, uh, you know, you get a chance, uh, go for it. Oh, sure, I can do that. Something else I've been up to is, of course, I'm churning out the rock star paintings for MontyColvinArt.com. If you have not been to my website, please check it out. I recently did a new Dave Grohl painting. I did a Billy Gibbons that was pretty dang cool. And I'm putting new ones up there all the time. But if there's somebody you want me to do that's not up there, by all means, just commission me. Just drop me a message and uh, we can talk about it. Just let me know what size painting you want, who you want on there, or what you want, and uh, we can talk about price and, uh, you know, we'll go from there. And just recently, I had a guy want a painting of King's X and I'm doing that for him. I had another guy that uh, commissioned me to do Devin Townsend and I'm working on that. And it's really just whatever you want. I had a guy message me on Facebook and say, Hey, I want a painting of Rush, but I want it from the Presto era. And I said, Well, sure, I prefer the early Rush, but, uh, you know, if that's what you want, that's what I'll do. And so I shot him a price, and uh, we're going to make that happen. And so if you want me to do something for you, get a hold of me. I'd be glad to talk to you about it. I love doing the rock star paintings, but if there's something else you want for an anniversary or, you know, something uh, that uh, you can give as a gift, that's cool too. So drop me an email or visit my website, montycolvinart.com. Commercial's over. So anyway, that's what I've been up to, and uh, I hope that answers your question, James Nelson. Now let's go to something else. Okay, I've got kind of a backlog here lately of top tens that you guys have sent to me, and so I thought I'd try and knock out a couple today. And the first one comes to us from our old friend, Mr. David Whiteman. The new face of evil. I've gotten literally thousands of top tens from David over the years. 
But the one he has sent to me this time is top 10 second vocalist in rock. What does that mean? Now, this would be guys who are in a band and they're not the primary singer. They're the second vocalist. In other words, sometimes they sing lead vocals and then sometimes they just uh, do harmonies or don't sing at all. And so let's get that straight. And so uh, David's list begins at number 10, Ty Tabor from King's X. Yeah, Ty's got a really cool voice. I've always liked it. Uh, At number 9, Pete Townsend of The Who. Yes, one of my favorite uh, musicians of all time, Pete Townsend. Number 8 is Mike Mills. And I'm assuming that's the bass player for R.E.M., a band which I have said many times on this show that I cannot stand. But strangely enough, back in the 80s, I was in this band and I played this club one night. And after the gig was over, I was hanging out and in walks Mike Mills. And I walked over to him and I said, Sir, that song Shiny Happy People Sucks is so gay that even gay people think it's gay. Now, obviously, this is one of those stories that probably never took place. Uh, yeah, actually, I just made that up. But, uh, he did actually come into the club. And for some reason, I went over and I just started talking to him. And the guy was so nice. And he was like, hey, do you like baseball? And I'm like, yeah, I love baseball. And so I still don't like R.E.M., but Mike Mills, good guy. That, to me, is tremendously exciting. All right, back to David's list. At number seven is Nancy Wilson, uh, one of the top uh, second singers, according to David, is Chris Squire of Yes. Number five is Dusty Hill of ZZ Top. Number four is Tommy Shaw. And yeah, I'd have to agree with that, man. You know, uh, you got Dennis DeYoung for all the babe and, uh, you know, I'm sailing away. But I actually like Tommy Shaw a little bit better. Continuing on with David's list, at number three, it's Jerry Cantrell of Alice in Chains. And at number two, possibly one of the most underrated vocalists ever, uh, Ben Orr of The Cars. And sadly, he died back in 2000 of cancer, but uh, God, he was so great. He had such a great voice. And once again, you know, I always preferred him over Rick Ocasek. Candy, oh, I need 
And finally, at number one on David's list of second vocalists, it's... No, this can't be right. It's Monty Colvin of Galactic Cowboys. It's a big, colossal mistake. Oh, well, thank you so much, David. That's very flattering, very kind of you. And yes, I've sang lead vocals on quite a few Galactic Cowboys songs over the years. And probably my favorite is still uh, Never Understand off At the End of the Day. a whole lot about this song. I like the bass tone, I like the riffs, I like uh, the vocals, I love the verses, and the chorus is awesome. As far as the words, I was still really pissed off at uh, just the way we'd been used and manipulated and thrown away by the record industry and uh, all that crap. And sadly enough, uh, we're actually still being run through the machine, but I still love the song. I think I'll do another top 10 list now, but uh, this one comes from Rockcast Hall of Famer Jimmy G. He's from Chicago. He's a champion. He's got some- 
questions or a top ten. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. How do you get your own theme song on my podcast? I don't care! Well, you supply me with non-stop top tens and great questions for about two or three years in a row. And that's exactly what Jimmy G in Chicago has done over the years, and he has done it again. And today he has sent a random top ten of things he is thinking about. Wow! All right, let's get it started at number ten. Jimmy G is thinking about YouTube. He says, as a fan, it's great to see live video of my favorite bands, but sometimes the audio quality is just shit. I take it for what it is, and I appreciate being able to have the video, but Bonnie, how do you feel about this? Well, Jimmy, yeah, I love going on YouTube and watching live shows. It's amazing what you can find on there. And yeah, the audio sometimes does kind of suck, and uh, when it does, you know, it kind of depends. If the video quality is really good, then uh, a lot of times I'll deal with it. But if it's just a handheld thing that somebody shot on their phone, uh, I probably won't be watching it very long. But my favorite stuff to watch on YouTube is those European festivals. They're usually multi-camera, and uh, you get all these different angles, and they usually sound great. This is fresh, brand new information. All right, Jimmy's next random thought is uh, number nine. Monty, you play a Zon bass. I don't think you ever told the story about how you got involved with that company because it's a unique instrument with a graphite neck. Did that bass ever go out of tune? Well, Jimmy, I'm sure every single person listening right now is uh, really interested in that story. No, we're not. So I will tell you right now. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, I found it in a music store at a guitar center, and it was used, but it was in great shape, and I think I paid about a thousand bucks for it. And it's still my favorite bass. Uh, No, it never goes out of tune. And I've used it on every single album since The Horse That Bud Bought. That's the bass I played on all the crunchy stuff, and I also uh, played it on the last album we did. And I ended up getting a Zon 8 string to go with it, and I played that on a lot of our albums. And they were both just amazing instruments. And uh, I never met Joe Zon, but I did talk to him on the phone a couple times. And there was this one tour we were doing where every night I would come off stage and my hand would be bleeding. And it was because there was something sharp on the bridge. And so I called him and told him about it, and the next thing I knew, he had come to the club and changed out the bridge, and then he took off. And I just thought that was so cool of him. So Joe Zahn, cool guy, Zahn bass is awesome. Number eight on Jimmy's list, Uh, Jimmy is thinking about a band that is new to him called Hands Off Gretel. He says he likes the music, they're a little glam, and they wear funny outfits and makeup, but uh, he says, hey, every band needs a gimmick, right? 
Yeah, well, I would say, uh, you know, as long as the gimmick does not overwhelm the music, then uh, a lot of times it's really cool. I know bands like Avatar and Ghost have gimmicks, and it's really worked for them. But if your songs suck, then you will just always be known as gimmicky. But if your songs are great, then people are just like, yeah, this band is cool. So that's what I think about that. And what the hell do you know, old man? At number seven, Jimmy is also thinking about Rory Gallagher. He said he'd heard of the name, but he'd never taken the time to listen to any of his music. Jimmy thinks that he's cut from the same cloth as Jimi Hendrix, and the guy is just a dynamo. And he asks me, Monty, did you ever listen to Rory Gallagher? Oh yeah, Jimmy, I love Rory Gallagher. I've been listening to him since I was in college. I never got to see him live, but everything I've seen of him on YouTube is amazing. I love the way he plays leads, uh, I love his voice, and a uh, great songwriter too. Number six, Jimmy is thinking about Ronnie James Dio. He says, I really like his vocals. I think he made Rainbow better and he made Black Sabbath better. But Jimmy's question to me is, Monty, have you ever seen Sabbath live? Yeah, I only saw Sabbath one time. It was back around 99 or 2000, somewhere in there. And it was a reunion tour with Ozzy on the vocals. And that was cool, they were really good, but I tell you what, I saw Rainbow with Ronnie James Dio back around 78, and uh, that was amazing. And yes, that should tell you how old I am, but uh, you know, uh, one cool thing about being old is uh, I got to see some really good music back then. 
I got to see Richie Blackmore smash his guitar, and uh, there's not much that's cooler than that. Do you understand how many times you have now told us this? Now, number five on Jimmy's list is kind of related to number six. He says, sometimes old things are made new. I haven't heard Mob Rules by Black Sabbath in a while, so I gave the whole record a listen. And I want to report that that was a really good album. So, Monty, do you prefer Ozzy or Ronnie James Dio for Sabbath? Well, Jimmy, here's the deal. Uh, You know, I love those Sabbath albums with Ronnie James Dio. And if you gave me a choice, I would probably pick the Dio albums. But the purist in me is uh, always going to say, if it's Black Sabbath, it's got to be Ozzy. So I'm kind of torn on that one, and so I think I'll just move on to number four. And Jimmy says, I saw a video of Galactic Cowboys in 1999 playing an in-store in Ohio. And he says, the music was mixed where the bass was a little more up front in the mix, and I could hear notes I didn't notice before on the record. So, hey, Monty, have you ever changed your bass or guitar parts specifically for an acoustic show? Or are the parts played the same all the time? Um, yeah, I play the same thing most of the time. I mean, I might throw in a little uh, riff or something or lick here and there, but uh, yeah, generally I just stick to what I played on the record. Boring! Moving on to number three, Jimmy says, I notice some singers' voices change over time, like David Lee Roth or Billy Idol. And some, like Getty Lee, change their style. So, hey, Monty, has your voice changed since you started your music career? And did you change anything you normally do when recording the last Galactic Cowboy album? Well, I can't speak for everybody, but I know with a lot of musicians, the older you get, the less you can hit those high notes. And so what you do a lot of times is just uh, tune the guitars down a little lower. But I kind of have that mid-range vocal anyway, so uh, I'm not really singing the super high stuff. So I would say no. I didn't really uh, do anything too different in the uh, studio this time. I don't give a damn about that! Number two on Jimmy's list is, by the way, Monty, uh, Galactic Cowboy's live harmonies are always spot on. Uh, Well, I don't know about always, Jimmy, but uh, thank you. Anyway, uh, he says, you deserve credit for that, knowing you guys did it live without any pre-recorded assistance or auto-tuners. So, hey, Monty, some artists have been called out for using auto-tuners during live performances, while other artists have used auto-tuners artistically and creatively in their tunes. What is your opinion of this, and uh, have you ever used an auto-tuner? Well, no, we've never used anything like that live. Uh, We just go out and sing, and what you see and hear is what you get. As far as the studio, though, uh, yeah, I mean, we've used auto-correct a few times. You know, if a note's a little flat or something like that here and there, you uh, just, uh, you know, bump it up a little bit and correct it. But I don't believe we've ever used it as a straight effect, like Kanye or somebody like that. Now, what's my opinion of it? Well, I think, you know, if you're using it as a crutch because you can't sing, that's one thing. But if sometimes it's used as a cool effect, I kind of like it. To me, it's kind of like if somebody uses a wah-wah pedal on their guitar. If it sounds good, then uh, cool. 
But would I want to hear something auto-tuned on every song and uh, just constantly? Probably not. It's starting to get on my last damn nerves. And finally, the number one thing that Jimmy is thinking about is Fitzgerald's, a club in Houston, Texas, that is closing its doors for good. And Jimmy has many questions about that club. He says, Monty... Uh, You played there in 1990. What were your thoughts about this place? It seems like it would have been a cool venue for live music. As a fan, did you ever see any notable bands there? Well, yeah, Jimmy, it was a pretty cool club. Uh, We played our last Galactic Cowboys show there, and uh, we played one of our first shows there, too. In fact, The Awful Truth played there several times. Uh, There was a club downstairs called Zelda's. It was a small little place. And we'd haul in all these amps and cabinets and just shake the walls. But once I got Galactic Cowboys going, we moved upstairs to Fitzgerald's and got to Headline. And I knew a lot of the people that worked there, and so I got into a lot of shows for free. And so I was going all the time, and I saw, let's see, I saw Soundgarden there when they were nobody. And I saw Fishbone, and that was really good. But I also saw some really bad shows, like uh, the Meat Puppets. Yeah, I did not like the Meat Puppets. But you know what I did like is that list from Jimmy G. You rule, man. Let's wrap things up now with some odds and ends, starting with some Galactic Cowboy news. I can't wait. We put an album out about, uh, oh, I don't know, I've lost track. Uh, I think it was a couple of years ago. And since then, we played a total of one show. Not exactly what you'd call hardcore touring. And I'm not sure why, but we've decided that we're going to go ahead and play a couple of more shows. Oh, pinch me. Now, if you haven't already heard, we are going to be playing in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas area at a place called the Metroplex on September 14th. That's a Saturday night. And joining us will be Halcyon Way. They're from Atlanta, and they are a great band. If you're an avid listener of this podcast, uh, you know I've talked about them before. I played them on this show. To me, they're kind of a cross between like uh, Kill Switch Engage and Queensryche. They've got the really super heavy riffs, but at the same time, they're real melodic. And uh, wow, this sounds almost like Galactic Cowboys. Woo! Yeah, so it's going to be a good matchup uh, with the two bands just uh, crushing your skull all night. So that's going to be a good time. I hope you can make it. Uh, I think they're offering VIP packages and all that. But that is going to be in Dallas. However, I was just informed that uh, we will also be playing in Houston two nights before that. On September 12th, that's a Thursday, uh, we're going to be playing at the Warehouse Live. We played there a couple of times. It's a cool venue. And from what I understand, Halcyon Way will also be on that bill. So if you've been wanting to see us, here's your chance. And I don't need you asking me, uh, are you guys going to come to Pennsylvania? Because uh, probably not. These will more than likely be the only shows we play this year or maybe next year or the year after that. Who knows? But if you come to a Galactic Cowboy show, you will be entertained and it's going to be fun. So I hope to see you there uh, at one or both of those shows, and uh, it'd be great to meet you. 
But that's your Galactic Cowboy news. What a great, big, huge, giant letdown. Now, I hope to have this episode up for your listening pleasure by July 4th. Because uh, if you live in the U.S., it's a big deal. Every year on the 4th of July here in the United States, people take the day off and they buy huge amounts of fireworks. And by people, I mean my wife. Ah! Not only is she a sexy thing, uh, she's also a little bit crazy uh, about the fireworks. And uh, seriously, I just don't get it. Because they're kind of expensive and uh, they all last about uh, 30 seconds each. She sets them up in the driveway and then sizzle, sizzle, bang, bang, it's over. But hey, you know, she seems to get a lot of enjoyment out of it. And as long as she doesn't blow one of her fingers off or put an eye out, uh, you know, I guess I'm okay with it. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And finally, earlier in this show, uh, Jimmy G brought up watching concerts on YouTube. And the other night, I decided to do that myself, and I started out with some Robin Trower. And that was really killer, but I moved on to some Frank Marino, and that was pretty good. But it eventually led me to Pat Travers. And I ended up watching a whole concert of him, because I may not have mentioned it very often, but I am a huge Pat Travers fan. And I have been since the 70s. I loved his live album. I loved Heat in the Street. I even loved Black Pearl. But I was watching this concert and they played this song Life in London off of Putting It Straight. And I had forgotten just how much that song completely kicks ass. So I'm going to end the show with that, and I hope you like it. I mean, it don't get much better than this, y'all. Don't forget to check out my websites, montycalvinart.com and montycalvin.net. There you can order my CDs and T-shirts and uh, check out Hot Lindsay's photo album. Oh, yeah. I am. I hope everyone has a great 4th of July and a great summer, and I will be back soon with more fun and mayhem. But until then, this has been Monty saying take care, don't let anyone tell you what to like, unless it's me. And rock on.
is over. 